Aha, so you're the girl. So, what is this key? Do you actually have it? Well, it looks like you are telling the truth. Who gave this to you? C Commander Le Creuset. He wears a mask. Hmm. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast, until the episode-by-episode episode Gundam podcast that just launches this week gets to see. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. There's another group of people doing something like yeah. this? They're starting with the original, though, so they'll be quite a while before they get <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll probably catch us knowing our release cadence. Hey, we're perfect so far. That is We've true. released 10 episodes in six weeks. Also, hi, other mysterious floating voice in the podcast. You noticed Who are that? You? <laughs> you noticed that, did you? Yes. My name is Zach. What's the name of this other show so I can go listen to it occasionally? I think it's the Mobile Suit Report. See, I I uh, was going to subscribe to it to listen to an episode, uh, but typing Gundam Podcast into iTunes neither brought them their podcast or our podcast. You know what's funny is I, I had to search directly for It's a Gundam in order to find our podcast on iTunes once they actually finally got their thing working. I can search for Last Time on Video Games directly, our other podcast, hi guys, and it's still like the eighth result down. <laughs> yeah, but there are like five Gundam podcasts and none of them show up if you type in Gundam podcast. What does show up? The Love and Justice podcast, which is a Sailor Moon podcast. No, that makes sense. A uh, Who Would Win in a Fight contest. Okay. Or, yeah, like a pop culture. Yeah, like Superman of... versus Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I guess that's a thing on Death Battle. I didn't realize that someone was actually doing a podcast on it. I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. Oh, this has been happening since the early '90s. MTV had a thing. I'm pretty sure that's been happening since, but since there were characters. Involved. I say, Wallace, do you think that Archibald Witherby would beat Edgar uh, Allan Poe in a fight? I was going to say, with clearly, Samson would beat the crap out of Peter before he could perform any miracles. For whatever reason, I was initially thinking Romeo versus Hamlet, but whatever. No, yours was way better than my made-up nonsense, so... Yeah, so we are going to be watching episode 45? 44. 44. The one Jeremy really likes and doesn't know the name of off the top of his head. A Place for the Soul. A Place for the Soul. I will edit that so it sounds like you said it all. <laughs> I was going to say I might actually leave that in, but you're in charge of editing this podcast now, we'll, so... We'll, we'll see what's funnier. The Place for the Soul is right next to the Deep Fryer. <laughs> Where... Where is the deep fryer, though? Right next to the chicken breader on yeah. the other side of the ovens. And suddenly we've come back to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that was not intentional. I was thinking of McDonald's. I'm right. really hungry. Me too. We just ate and me too. I know. It's weird. I haven't eaten today and I'm not hungry. Maybe we'll have to stop at Taco Bell on so the way home. We'll that's see. what's happening. Is we're, we, we are apparently being inflicted with Tyler's hunger. I'm a vampire. You know, I don't actually feel the physical sensation of hunger very often. That's You're like, weird. I yeah. wish, I wish, look at this gut. I <laughs> wish I did not feel the physical sensation of hunger constantly. Yeah, so on the downside, yesterday I forgot to eat because I worked from home, and I, like, woke up this morning and could barely get out of bed because I had only consumed, like, 500 calories yesterday. And that's a bad thing. Don't do that, kids. Don't do a hit. That's kind of how I operate on a lot of days. Do you, do you eat more than 500 calories, though? Uh, I don't check calories. <laughs> 
There's 500 calories in front of you, so. Well, that's like 200. That's 150, I bet. Tyler got it. It's 150. Not that I look at soda cans obsessively or anything. But that's about your fourth vanilla Coke, because you had two large McDonald's Cokes. Oh, one and a half. Two large McCokes. Yeah, one and a half, because their uh, thing was kind of busted. <laughs> this isn't a Coke podcast of either kind. But <laughs> Is there a po- Coke podcast of in- any kind Probably. that exists? That's an experiment we'll leave to the listeners. <laughs> so email us at Gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com if you're aware of a Coke podcast, cola or otherwise. I'd be ex- yeah, I- I'd accept a Pepsi podcast as well. There's probably a soft drink podcast, actually, where they're comparing soft drinks. I mean, I'm aware of Snack Situation, which is a snack podcast where they rank snacks at the end. But there's a much wider variety of snacks than there are sodas, I Yeah, feel. well, they did a bunch of Mountain Dews as one of them and a bunch of the fancy Pepsis. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to correct you. The correct plural of that is, is Mountain Dew. <laughs> Was that a Penny Arcade? Probably. Duesse. It's uh, actually Duopities. Kind of underwhelming. <laughs> Duesse. <laughs> Mountain Duesse. And a place for the soul. Jeremy's last favorite episode. Also probably on the bottom of the list of my favorite episodes, but I actually do really like this one. It's a, it's on the top of your list of episodes, but on the bottom of the list of your favorite episodes? Yes. We're still on the downslope for this series. Although, how many episodes are left? Four. Yeah, I was going to say, we're pretty cl- there's not much series left. That's because we've already been on the downslope for quite a while. <laughs> what what began as the downslope for you? When Tira, when, when Tira, when Kira <laughs> dies in heavy quotes... Yeah, I kind of wish he had actually died just to see how the series would have gone, but... Atherin would have had to main character it up. Instead, he's a space clone, as we'll see in the recap very shortly. We launched this podcast finally, so if you're wondering where we were when Tyler keeps saying, oh, we've recorded a thousand episodes, here is where we were. We have not recorded one since we launched the podcast. Feel like everything I said is clear, but Zach's not reacting, so I don't know if I don't no, understand I'm, what the we, hell you're we talking We haven't recorded a Gundam episode since we actually launched the podcast. No, I got that. And you're always like, ah, oh, we've got, we're so far ahead. We've recorded so many. We're in the far future. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is true. Both of these things are true. Anyway, we should start this episode because, like, what, how 10 did, minutes? Six minutes. How oh, did I uh, get that before you did? But we are not very on topic. So, yeah, let's go ahead and start watching A Place for the Soul. You can, too, on Crunchyroll or Hulu or maybe YouTube. And the new dub is probably out by now. Probably. They won't give us a release date, so who knows? But probably. The re-release of G Gundam is probably out by now. And I'll all be sad because Domon's voice actor won't return. That is sad. Although, it's possible to get that level of schlock, I think. I don't know if it's a new dub or not. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was. but I'd have to double know. check on it, but I don't know if it's like a new dub or a re-release of the old dub or just subtitled. I haven't looked into it very much. I just know it's coming out sometime later this year. Anyway, Gundam Seed. Yeah. The show we're watching. All right, we start with a recap of events from last time with Rally Crusade like, hey, time for the hostage returning. And then we go straight into the intro. Guess we're about to get giant all the lasers. Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> would it be better if every time Kira pressed the kill the grunts button, it just went pew pew? <laughs> In Destiny, it would be. <laughs> it would make this one better, too. All right, anyway, we got some missiles. There's some fighting going on. There's that shot of the Archangel that seems in higher depth than ever. Yeah, I really like that scene of its flat cannons turning, but I feel like they've used that a lot. They have. It's, it's one of those stock scenes that anytime the Archangel's in combat, they show that scene. Kira and Atherin are fighting the druggies. 
and the Zaf ships are shooting out a whole bunch of their mobile suits. Because they don't have any missiles, they just launch mobile suits. Their I mission is about Isaac's name here, and he just announces his last name before he takes off. Raul the Crusade has to go back to his Saigu because his uh, Guazi got wrecked in the last episode. They apparently have 12 gins and the duel, as well as Rao's Saigu. And they uh, are specifically targeting the Eternal. And one space pod. I love how in here we have Commander Waltfeld basically assuming the same thing that Moose says about how uh, Raul the Crusade is in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time. Well, Moodlock Flag is injured right now, so Ra- er, so Rothfeld's gotta get his back. Gotta gotta sub for him. He's substitute Moodlock Flaga. We also get some excellent battle babble. It's like techno babble, but instead it's a bunch of numbers and colors. Yeah, as Kigali moves the Kusanagi to intercept before they can get to the Eternal, and Izak gets flashbacks to Diarka so he can feel guilty and conflicted. As he rushes towards the slideshow of the battle that's happening in the distance. We get some cool cannon exchange between the three Nazca classes, the Kusanagi and the Eternal, and Flay in the center of it looking uh, terrified, as you would. And Nathara's like, why did they just throw a pod at us before we even said, okay? And Azrael's like, I don't know, should we pick it up or not? I don't know. It seems like a trap, but I don't know which option is the trap. Eh, thinking about it, I'd probably just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the third option, is let it float into space forever. Well, because... What is the logical assumption there? there? There's no one that they know of that's been captured. Logically, it's probably a bomb. There's this really cool shot of Kira fighting the druggies where he has to shake all the sweat off on his face and it's just really nicely animated, just kind of floating in space in front of him while he shakes it off. Presumably a, also because he's stressed out from recent revelations. It's a neat idea, but immediately after that we see that he's got a visor. So, <laughs> I assume that's all the sweat in the visor still. I assume it did not actually no, it, get into the car. It's floating out in front of him in what? that shot. So, it just kind of like went through, it phased through the visor. You know, one of those sweat-proof visors. Although, I mean, the, at the same time, I say that, but Moo actually does have a, uh, like, whenever he takes off, he hits the, like, something on his helmet, which drops his visor. So, it's entirely possible Kira's got something similar. Yeah, that he can, why like, would move you, it up. Why would you do that at the, when you're currently under fire, that makes no sense to me. Because he has time. He's that cool that he has time to shake the sweat off his face. He also does a cool thing where he leaves his shield in place to take a hit and then ditches it to go in for a melee strike, which is pretty rad. It's some um, fight choreography we haven't really seen from him yet before, but I always like when the shields get used in cool and inventive ways. It's like Kira seems to be pretty good at that in this show. It's something new and interesting at the very least, because, like Jeremy said, it's something we haven't seen Kira really do, and they haven't done anything really new for the last couple of episodes when it comes down to fight choreography with the strike. Yeah, I feel like... Or with the freedom, I guess. They haven't done anything new with the strike either, but this is the freedom. I feel like Seed is the first Bandai-era Gundam show to really have more than just the stock footage stuff. I haven't actually watched Turn A, so it might actually start there. But if you go back to, like, Wing or G Gundam, it's a lot of stock stuff. And even the early Gundams are that way as well, but they had a... You would occasionally get bursts of it. I feel like Seed is pretty good at incorporating new stuff, except for when they're trying to save the budget. And to be fair, they do that by doing a lot of stock attacks. Kira is very clearly already getting taxed by this battle, which is kind of a foreshadowing of things to come. Oh, and to be fair, he has been deployed pretty much constantly for the past, like, three episodes. Atherin got to take a little break. The Arca got to hang out and talk to Izak. And I just but, love that scene where he's like, 
scanning the arrangement of information on the battlefield and like he finishes looking at all the screens and like his eyes are shaking a little bit from the strain because he has been so long in the field it's like you know it's rough for just short bursts but he's been out there constantly since this got started it's almost like three ships aren't enough to take down a a fleet even though they're only up against like five guys so Isaac is rushing for the Eternal, but the Ark is in like a sniper position and cuts him off. And there's this nice tense stare down between them before I really, they just kind of fly off. I really like that shot because he, like he, uh, the Ark is positioned behind the uh, rock firing at him. Then the rock just kind of disappears when they both take off. And it's another one of those neat little ideas revolving around uh, like what the Buster is designed for. And what it does, it's got this big cannon. It's going to use a big cannon from a long distance in order to take pot shots like it's that. It's too bad he never hits anything. I realize in this instance he probably wasn't trying to hit, but like, does he ever actually uh, land he does, a hit? He does hit the uh, the archangel a few times, but he destroys and, a bunch of Mobiuses, and he does hit a bunch of the attacking like gems. Yeah, the uh, uh, earlier the strike daggers in okay. the in orb. <laughs> Strike daggers, thank you. I was thinking yeah. of the original the, ones, yes, the gems. Yes. But yeah, so we actually do see him do quite a bit, especially when he's teaming up with Mood during the fight for Orb. But like, obviously, like you said, here he's probably not trying to hit Izak. And since he's just trying to keep Izak away from the Eternal Kusanagi and the Archangel, he's probably just trying to give, like, you know, warning shot. away and, yeah. you know, yeah, the warning shot idea. You get to see Mood stumble out of his bedroom. And a whole bunch of volley fire, which I always like. And then we see a d- Lackis looking determined and some Raul the Crusade uh, bullshit babble. I don't remember if that's actually something he said to Kira or if this is supposed to be Rao's current thoughts. But I either way, it's a cool that. animated effect. It's a cool transparent shot of Rao's face. And Flay has uh, found the communications button is trying to get a hold of the Archangel. But failing. Well, given how much fire is currently going on there, there's probably a lot of interference in the way. Yeah. And she's not like a comms major. She's not Marielia. So anyway, Lackis is like, hey, Waltfelt, focus fire. I think if we take down that target, it'll overwhelm their healer ship, and then we'll be able to make some progress. Also, the Versalius is an asshole that's been a problem this entire series, so let's go for it. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Focus fire on the one ship, knock it out, and then you, it, it, you've got one less ship of fire coming back at you. It's just a little weird that Lackis says it to Waltfelt and not the other way around. I like it because Lackis needs something to do. It just seems like the sort of thing Waltfeld should already know. Well, it could be entirely that Waltfeld is working on trying to sh- just Do shield the Kusanagi. Fire? Yeah, and mess with their targeting and not that makes actually sense. trying to hit anybody. Because one of the important things to remember is they're still zapped. So- like, initially, they're still zapped That's soldiers true. shooting at their own. That's true. She might just be like, hey, be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Because <laughs> that's, that's her real job. So I would like to point out really quick. That Waldfeld is an example of why gene editing might be a problem, because he has a second growth of hair on his forehead. And the more I look at it, the more I realize there's no way his hair can actually grow that way. No, that's a lot of anime. hair gel, Tyler. I just, how, like, can you imagine how long you'd have to get your bangs and then you have to, like, I don't, it's like there's a, there's a toupee on his head or on his forehead on top of his hair. Well, no, it's uh, clearly he lost all his hair when Kira nearly killed him. And this is all skin grafted. <laughs> this is all donate hair that's been grafted onto him. And he's like, well, if I'm going to get donate hair, give me this cool starburst on my forehead. <laughs> it is the future. Anyway, Lacus's plan is basically just to rush right through and get by them, which is a risky plan. But if it works, they apparently the ships are going to have a hard time turning around. 
Plus, Wallfield is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's let's do that. Doesn't the uh, Kusanagi and the um, Archangel both mount Lohengren? Yeah. You would think they could use those. Just blast them. (laughs) Although, to be fair, if they completely turn, they have to deal with the Dominion behind them. So, that is a good point. If the Kusanagi already has it, and the Kusanagi is already pointing in that direction. I thought they mentioned the Kusanagi had it, It does. It does. Yep. Uh, I know we will see it fire at some point in the series. Although, we don't know what their uh, accurate range is on those. I Okay, the the shot that Tyler paused on here is pretty great, because you've got... Uh, conference call? Com- com- well, you've got the conference call, Commander Rambo, like, <laughs> he looks very serious, very professional, and then you have... Waltfeld looks like an anime character who's about to tell him- Garen Logan to spin on. Yes! <laughs> Waltfeld looks like some kind of cheerful, determined pirate. <laughs> yes! <laughs> well, because he's missing the eye. Yeah, and he's, like, got this little smile, like, smirk on his face... It's great. I love Waltfeld, for the record. He's great. He is great. So anyway, they're telling Maru the plan, and Mu is shown up on the bridge because he refuses to be in the med bay, and he's like, yep, sounds good to me. Well, if he can't um, if he can't actually be out there fighting, he's going to be moral support. And so the Archangel will uh, one-on-one the Dominion at Baron, and <laughs> while the other ships try to get through the Zaft line. But this is that they uh, make their plans finally known. Flay ma- finally manages to yell out on an open channel. And screams out, Archangel! And then literally everyone, including the druggies, <laughs> react to this. Like, wh- I don't... Well, <laughs> it's because the one thing no one has been expecting out of... Everyone's been ignoring that pod. The one thing nobody was expecting from that pod was a girl's voice. And it's not something... Since it's an open channel, it's not something anybody was thinking was going to come through the archangel they recognize it the drug and uh Nataro might recognize it too the druggies it's just one of the it's a weird thing and we also get a great relic crusade smirk yeah no that was the best reaction shot in there definitely we also get despondent kira too at we, the, get, we the get kira's uh newly Shots? tinted visor and Azrael's just like <laughs> i love his <laughs> I, I mentioned at the beginning at some point in my notes here that I really just want a like a supercut super cut. of just like Azrael looking shocked or aghast in various scenes because man, it's fantastic. He just looks befuddled here. <laughs> well, but to it be is pretty fair, good. At, everybody would have the same reaction. What the hell is going on? But she says her name and she's just like trying to get the attention of someone who might know her. <laughs> and well, it's like, what the hell's going on? But Kira is now even more despondent, because not only is he worrying about his clone troubles and the, like, hours of battle, but also this girl who his last interaction was, hey, I will deal with the shitty way I broke up with you uh, when I come back. Oh, wait, I died. Yep. And then he got malblazered in the back because he wasn't paying attention. And Mataril takes a moment to order one of the druggies to grab the pod, specifically the Calamity. And he's like, what, huh? I thought my job was shoot people. Well, to be fair, it they're struggling as is. 3v2, if you take one of them out of the fight, they're going to have even more of a problem, despite the fact that fr- the freedom is currently out of action because Kira is whining again. He's not even whining here. He's just uh, shocked. He's not saying anything. Azrael pointed out that it might be a trap, uh, but Natarl's very logical. Like, you know, she's the daughter of someone important, and she is technically a uh, prisoner. But then Flay is like, hey, I have a magic key, so please help me. And that gets Azriel's attention. And also Rao's attention again. Um, Rao's just amused. And Kira just goes flying as fast as he can for the pod. Atherin tries to follow him because he's being reckless. But he has to deal with the two druggies that didn't go for it. 
There's a real cool shot of half the Freedom's face getting blasted off. I think that's a new shot. Yeah, we've yeah. never seen that before. Oh, I mean, uh, I, I, isn't that added in the... I, I, I think it's in the original. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember this shot. It's been a couple weeks. I know, I, it's I, really nice. I actually really like the way that they make the inside of it kind of look like gray matter. I don't know, it's, it's a beautiful shot. I like it a lot. And then its uh, head gets completely taken off by the raider's mace. And then Kira has a rave. <laughs> well, as his cameras go dead, yes. The sandstorm starts playing. <laughs> Aaron Sandstorm. <laughs> and the dragger's like, hey, this is the perfect chance to capture it because he's overextended. But Azrael's like, ah, yeah, I want a magic key. Now I'm curious. Before I was like, prob's a trap. But now I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm about it. I can feel it. This doesn't seem like more of a trap now. It's like, that's not something a trap would say. <laughs> That is exactly the words a trap would say. <laughs> yeah, no, Azrael's not a very... I don't understand how he's gotten so high in the politics game. Yeah, the simplest way would be to, if you had that kind of knowledge, a tape recorder, and a bunch of dynamite. We have kind of thing that he and Rao have dealt with each other before, so maybe it's a code word thing. That's 100% speculation on that. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. So I'm trying to take a guess as to how this is a trap, because clearly it's a trap. I don't understand yes how. Yes and though? no. Like, if the pod could be, was filled with bombs, for example. No, no, I mean the, the actual key that we okay. know as the audience that Flay has. Clearly, it is a long-running ploy on the pod. Although, we established in the previous episode that he just wants to watch the world burn. It's so a maybe trap, he's... and it's not a trap. Yeah. Is he just hoping for mutually assured destruction? I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but okay. that's definitely a good thought. But then we get some, like, cool spaceship acrobatics between the two flagships. And we do see the Lohengrin fire from the Kusanagi. So it's one of the shots they're firing. Their gunnery is terrible. Anyway, Mu is like, hey, Maru, we can't do anything for Flay. She's way too far out there. We Like, it's time to go. And Maru fires off the retreat flares. I still like the, the flares, because that kind of, that, that response is pretty great. Yeah. But Kira keeps going for it and tries boosting his, uh, he turns up his radio signal bar and shouts her name and over the open channel. So Nataril gets to hear it as well as Flay. Yeah, so everyone is, everyone on the, that is associated with the Archangel is like, oh shit. And Ezra's like, ho who now? Kira what a toe? What now? <laughs> and then we get the eye catch. Things are definitely starting to wrap up in this, one of the last episodes of Seed, and it's, like, really tense, and there's some good stuff going on, some great animations, some good character moments. It's all pretty good. I don't have any super important announcements. Future Us are wrapping up the first blob of Destiny episodes, which may or may not be important to you guys for reasons. I'm going to throw this out now. If you're listening to this, think of questions you'd like to ask us about Seed or our thoughts on it or just like really anything. We're going to send out a formal request for questions at some later point, but now's the time to start kind of thinking about them because I think we only have about a month of episodes left before we're done with Seed. So that's kind of cool. Other than that, go rate us on Apple Podcasts because that's what iTunes is called now apparently or at least their podcast hosting platform thing, or on Stitcher, or on Google Play, or on, you know, the other things we're on. I don't honestly keep good track of what all I've sent us up on. A random question this episode, because I find it hilarious. Let us know whose gasp reaction at Flay's announcement of being on the battlefield you liked the best, or 
the least best. I think mine was actually Isaac's. That's about the 8 minute 10 second mark in the non-HD version. And I don't know what it is in the HD version, but I imagine it's, you know, about that spot. Let us know, because I think that's hilarious. Alright, back to it. I'm not dead! Anyway, Flea uh, gets to cry some tears of happiness, because her ex-boyfriend's not dead. The Calamity? Ra- Raider. The Raider wants the Raider? to fix that. With its- By firing Vulcans at it. You know, those weapons that have never done anything against a mobile suit ever. I'm just going to fire those Vulcans. Actually, there is a shot in the original Gundam where Vulcans kill a mech. Yeah, they- he takes out a Zaku with one at one point. To be fair, I feel like now that it has no head, the Freedom might actually be susceptible to those if you get a neck shot. <laughs> anyway, we can see the headless out. Freedom kind of dodging, and it's a very cool shot. But Atherin goes in to protect him. And he's like, hey, it's time to go now, bro. We ain't, we're done here. <laughs> And then a uh, mirror shot from, like, I actually hadn't noticed that, but that is actually a pretty great shot because Athrin throws his boomerang and basically does to the raider what Kira did so long ago to, to Miguel. Miguel. Yeah, it's almost exactly the same shot. Which makes me think they might have recycled the animation. I don't think so because I think it looked was from a different angle, but it's definitely the same idea. So, just for my purposes, how the heck would a boomerang blade work in space? I had uh, always kind of assumed that at least the boomerang blades had some sort of tether to the mech. Or a boomerang mechanism. Boomerangs don't necessarily come back. But if they have some kind of tether, like even a seeking thing on board, where they come, they're set to come back to their. I would assume it fires point. a propulsion at some point, but I don't know. Yeah. It's an just, excellent question. I have no idea how this works. Anyway, it's rad rule as hell. Of, <laughs> rule of cool. Exactly. And Atherin just kind of is calls Kira an idiot. It's like, we're going now. <laughs> Mommy says it's time to leave. And Diar- I, I actually love how Diarka shows up right behind Atherin as Atherin's dragging Kira's sorry ass out of there to provide covering fire to get out. And Kira is just babbling as Atherin drags him away that he has to protect Flay because he hurt say- her because he's full of teenage guilt. But Atherin, my god complex. <laughs> yeah, Kira's whining again. I don't even know that he's actually whining at Atherin, or if it's just to himself at this point. I don't think he's necessarily whining at Atherin. He's whining, though. Uh, meanwhile, the Versalius is got, getting hit because they got close enough to uh, not take those minus 10 penalties to their attack rolls. And we do get some reused footage of some spacesuit guys blowing up. I do really like the shot right before we get that, though. Uh, the One of the legs of the Versalius Yeah, is the starboard exposed. side, and it, it kind of looks like a rib cage. I'm not sure if that was actually, intentional, think, but it I think that was cool. the port side. Isn't starboard the right side of a ship? I thought it was the left. I don't know. Ask your Wikipedia, folks. It looked like it got... Well, no, I know what the starboard side is. I mean, I think the exposed side was on its port side. I thought it got hit on the starboard side. I think it got hit on the left. Whatever the left is, when you're facing forward on a ship, it just got hit on. That'd be poor. Okay. I I the, the only way we'd, we'd be able to actually answer that is go back and look. Yeah, we and can go not- back the two seconds, but we're not going to do that, folks. We're not that type of show. We're not that professional. And apparently they've lost control of Plasma <laughs> Surge, which... The well, Technobabble alarm is going off. Well, it's very good Surge that they give all the uh, combatants if they're good. Well, like, one of the easiest ways to explain that would be, it's the fuel for the motors. It's the thing that actually provides the impulse for the ship's forward momentum. So It's just weirdly worded. So we cut back to the fight. The druggies are still pursuing uh, Atherin dragging Kira back. So Atherin's got to do all the dodging for two. 
Uh, while Diarca continues trying to just provide support fire. I do kind of like that cut shot between Atherin and Diarca. I missed that when I was watching this the first time. Well, cause, yeah, because Atherin's like looking back towards where Diarca is providing covering fire. It's kind of easy to forget that they used to be teammates at this point. It's like a natural place Diarca's just fallen back into providing uh, support for Atherin. So it's like maybe that's how they actually were operating before they got the Gundams too. I'm also going to say really quick, we cut back to Sexy Moo on the, on the flagship. Oh, yeah. Well, he, his shirt's all down because he's got a sling. So he's letting it all out. That V-neck really works for him. The Archangel also starts uh, firing to the rear to cover. And now it's the druggies that are over pursuing. While we see the uh, Eternal and Kusanagi breaking through the three Zap ships. And the Archangel also passes by the exploding one. And there's this real nice shot of Atherin and Diarca saluting the Versalius since it was the ship they served on as they pass, they're both very well animated. I guess they're drawn, they aren't animated at all, but it's a really good very shot, nice. though. And, and Atis also saluting as he goes down with the ship. I didn't think the Versailles actually got destroyed there. I... <laughs> Zach says, as it exploded, <laughs> and then it exploded. No, for, just, just for whatever reason, I didn't remember the Versailles actually got destroyed in the series. I've, I'd forgotten about that. And Isaac is also... Gets a reaction shot, and he's just shocked. And because well, uh, they just destroyed his ship. It's Rao's okay, like, Rao wasn't on the ship. <laughs> Rao's like, hey, all the cool kids are retreating. Let's retreat, too. I like also that the Dominion sends out the exact same signal flares that the Archangel did. Well, it makes sense, because the Archangel was a, was an Earth Forces ship, so it's got the same retreat signals, and the Dominion, being another Earth Forces ship, probably just had the same stuff installed, because it was laying around from the Archangel. And Flay is escorted onto the bridge, and Azrael's like, ooh, shiny! That's the loot I wanted. <laughs> He's got this really creepy expression on so his key, face. So, key, key, key? Yeah. She's like, here's like... a floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... <laughs> He's very punchable there, but it's also like... <laughs> He's naturally very punchable, Jeremy. That's not like a unique thing for him. His line here looks like you were telling the truth. It really makes that idea what you mentioned earlier about him and the, the key Kalugi. being... Yeah, the, the idea of key being a, for lack of a better word, keyword okay. for them so that he knew what she was kind of bringing with her. Maybe not specifically given his later reaction, but he knows it's... Something. something. It's probably something from Rao that's probably important. I would also like to point out that Flay just has the worst luck. Just terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible luck. She's on the ship. The colony gets destroyed. She's on the one space pod that ends up getting picked up by the military ship. I mean, she doesn't do herself a lot of favors, but I feel like she has been dealt a worse hand than she deserves. This is all her fault. Really? All yes. of it? Including her father dying horribly. No, this part is all her fault. Oh, if yeah. If she'd no. just gotten on the ship and left, this wouldn't yeah, be yeah, happening. If she hadn't gone back in Alaska. But Moo went back in Alaska and everything worked out well for him. That's because, because he's Moo. Moo is not an idiot. <laughs> also, he can ride a motorcycle. And fly a plane. He has a universal pilot's license. And he's like, hey, who did you get this from? And she's like, Commander of the Crusade? He's a creepy mask guy. Have you ever seen a Char Asnable? <laughs> ever seen a Char Asnable? As well as like, I gotta play my sweet new video game, and he leaves. <laughs> I assumed it was some sweet tracks. You just got a mixed CD from Rao. <laughs> these these Zaf beats are dope. It's so well coordinated. And anyway, uh, Natara uh, uh, goes back to say hi, and she's like, "Oh my god, someone I know." Thank God, who's not a creeper. And the druggies are like, "Oh man, that was a that was a tough fight." 
That's a weird shot to interpose in there. I assume they're going through with Raw or something. Or it's a uh, contrast how nice Natara is to her and how not nice she is to the druggies. As Flay kind of starts to collapse into her. And Natara gets to support her, which is nice. We don't get to see Natara being nice very often, but it does happen. And, like, she is actually a very supportive person. It's just not when she's at work. She's- yeah, and it's it kind of goes into the same idea. And it makes you wonder if the, one of the main reasons why she was as harsh as she was with everybody on the Archangel was because Maru was so... Uh, not... Not so she, harsh, to so she had to counterpoint it. Yeah, and, and now she has to do the same thing, but to Asriel. And I talked about when they're with the Desert Dawn, and she's like giving everybody her rations and stuff. This isn't the first time we've seen it, but we don't get quite enough of it from Natarl. So it's really nice here. It uh, makes a good contrast. This is also like the softest expression we have ever seen on her face in the series. Yeah, she doesn't do that very much, which makes sense. It's not usually her place. <laughs> Contrast uh, that with Azrael's literal fucking demon face. Yeah, he's been possessed by Azrael at this point. <laughs> like, oh, I love this bit so much. And he pulls up and hey, it's the spec for those mobile suits he wants to steal. And then he sees the part where it's like nuclear, these have nuclear power. Here's how you make a nuclear jammer cancel. And then he like, orgasms in yes, his seat. <laughs> yes. It's, it, there's like a moment of shock and then like no one has ever been as happy as Azrael is right here. <laughs> And it's one of the reasons I actually really like him as a villain. It's like this amount of joy. Like, he cannot believe it. And then he finds some sweet, sweet YouTube clips. Some old vines back from when Vine existed. <laughs> that one of Jesus where uh, he's like, hey, Jesus, can you show me my water bottle? And it comes back as just a bottle of wine. And he's like, Jesus, you Jesus. It's very good. It's my favorite vine. And then he uh, he's gri- he jumps up to yell Yata. It's oh, I love it so much. I hate him so much. <laughs> the, the synapse, synapse will, will burn. burn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a doomsay. That's a that's a techno apocalypse uh, doomsayer sign, right? That's, that's even more sensible. That's even more thing that doesn't make any sense techno babble wise. Like they don't often make sense when they're just going techno babble. But the synapse will burn. Maybe it's like is a- that like some weird coordinator cuisine maybe it's like the maraz sofsky hyper no sorry superconductor synapse and they just call it the synapse for short because they're all technicians i'm gonna go with it's a coordinator dessert (laughs) it's some kind of it's like a souffle (laughs) it's it's the synapse (laughs) i really like the scene we cut to uh late like gently zero g setting kira down in a chair in the pilot's lounge yeah it's very nice because it's like straight vertical i love it he's like hey bro are you you're not all right are you all right he's like oh don't worry about me i'm sorry i'll be cool as he's like sweating and about to die which i really like dude hey his girlfriend showed up to make sure he's okay and she like goes in like concerned about him but when he looks at her he sees i love this bit so much He's also like hallucinating a little bit. His like, vision, he's oh. been out, like I said, for a long time. He's he's had so, a lot of physical and emotional he stress. He needs a nap. He, he does. needs a nap. Probably some food. Like get get a couple energy bars into that kid. Some Gatorade. And then he just says sorry and passes out. And they're like ah. And then you get to see Athrun and Kira's helmets floating away. From and, and also Kira's like Kira's floating up, float up from the seat. It's one of those things that's like we need to reinforce that he's in zero g. I this, can't. I, this is Moose Room. I think. Yeah, this okay. is Moose Room. It cuts to Moose Room where we see the IV he left there. And they're talking to Maru and he's like, okay, yeah, please take care of him because our sick boy is full. We only have one bed. 
So this is kind of a random thing, but I was looking at the IV, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's not a plastic bag. It's made out of glass. And I was thinking just now, there are remarkably few plastics in this future. Well, it could be a plastic. It could be some kind of, like... Hard plastic? Hard plastic, or... I guess glass would make a little bit of sense to me, at least, because if it's some kind of, like, bulletproof or tempered glass of some kind, so it's shatterproof. Also, the bag might just float up. (laughs) That's true. I was just assuming that in this future they've run out of oil on Earth, so now they're having to go back to non-plastics. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Also, angry concerned Moo in bed. Like, if you see him from the side, sometimes he just looks pissed, and then when you see him from above, he looks, like, just kind of placid. When Maru tells him that Kira fainted, his reaction of, I'm not surprised, makes a lot of sense. Yep. Because on top of everything else that they've already gone through, Moo knows that Kira's been on the front lines for... A yeah. long-ass time. Kira didn't get a break there, whereas everyone else got at least a few minutes to rest. Yeah. Maru is, like, flipping through this scrapbook. <laughs> I don't know if this is one he found on the uh, colony he was just on, or if this is the one he had. I'm assuming it was uh, one that was in the colony. Because it's I- almost identical to the one they found. Or the one that Rao threw at them. Yeah. But he's like, my father was an arrogant and unreasonable man. He always demanded his steak. Well done. But my father could have just you know, truncated this. My father was a dick. Yeah, well, okay, so what I wrote down in my notes here, which I think is actually a better joke, is my father always called mid. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, my dad died when I was little, and that is all I remember, is that he was a dick. But I did not expect him to randomly clone himself, and for that guy to try to spend his entire life murdering me. That's extra dickishness for my tr- dad. Even Darth Vader at least had the decency to do it himself. Trying to <laughs> murder him. And then he's like, he saw, said all this gene stuff? What does it even mean? I don't, I'm not a geneticist. I'm, I'm Mulaflaga. I'm too cool for that. And then Maru just adorably just like pets him like he's a dog. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, she's going into like motherly mode with, you know, telling him it's not his fault. I just kind of have that thought of, it's not your fault. No shit, it's not my fault. The fuck do you think I know? don't know that already? I like here that Moo is almost like sympathizing with Rao, and I think that's what he's angriest about. Is he's almost like, man, if I was that person, I would also be pretty pissed. No, I, I get that. This is one of those, my, my immediate reactions is stuff like that. <laughs> no so, fucking duh. One of the Astray girls drives Kigali over to the Eternal as Moo resolves not to let Rao blow up everything. And Kigali wanders into Kira's room. Because that's where everybody's going. And, and see, finds the same picture. And she's like, how does Kira also have the same stock photo of a family? That my dad just, like, happened to give me. His is framed. Where did they find a framer on the Eternal? Do you guys frame photos? I assume they got it from the colony the same way Moo got his scrapbook, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't into frame at the time. Uh, that one was. That was, like, framed on a desk. Oh, so, was it? Okay. Yeah. I, I just didn't remember seeing it in a frame at any point. So anyway, Kira starts to wake up, so all attention goes to him. And Lacus has, like, this amazing, like, snap turnaround shot. They even animated her hair bouncing just a little bit. It's very good. I didn't notice it the first time. And anyway, Kira notices the movement, turns over to see Lacus coming over him concerned, and then gets a flashback to naked Flay going in to kiss him. I'm pretty sure he's having post-traumatic sex disorder because he then flashes back to all the sexy Flay times. Oh, I'm going to be talking about this a lot in the future. <laughs> the, the, the sexy Flay time flashbacks? No, no, no. His, uh, Kira's very sexual hangups. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's just, even having had a brief nap, he's still freaking out. He tries to get up, but Lacus is like, ah, oh, no, buddy. No, cowboy, you need eight hours of sleep. We're, we're going to knock your ass out if we have to. And Kigali's like, hey, photos, that's weird. 
And Kira is like, ah, oh, that wasn't all a dream. I have to deal with this. I, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to go complain again. And he's like, gets upset. and He's probably trying to think of what to say. And Ather is like a good wingman and just grabs <laughs> Kigali and drags her out. It's, yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> I, I can't stress this enough. Even though she doesn't get to do anything to this show. Oh, Kigali has love, the best reactions to physical touch. I love Kigali so Kigali much. is great. She just doesn't get enough to do. Me and Jeremy were actually kind of talking about that on the way down here. I really just want her to be able to get into fist fights with people. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what I want her doing, but something. I want Kigali doing more. She doesn't get enough to do. So and she's like, what are you doing, mister? And he's like, have you ever heard of timing? <laughs> I mean, I'm Atherin goddamn Zala, and I can tell that now is not the time. <laughs> yeah. Just, he, Atherin just tells Kigali he's in bad shape. She looks sad, which and, is pretty normal for characters in this series. And Atherin's like, so who's this chick? And Kigali's like, oh yeah, Flay. She was on the Archangel. She was kind of a bitch. But she's, I guess she's good friends with Kira. I don't know. I think they were totally banging. I'm not good at picking up on that stuff, though, so... Maybe don't trust me. Anyway, Kira's in the middle of having all the flashbacks, all the times he and Flay ever interacted, which slowly bleeds into all the stuff that he just got revealed to him. Clearly, he is a welter of emotions right now. Yeah, he does not know what to do with himself. I like that one scene. I don't know that I noticed this the first time, but that showed them clearly having sex. That wasn't in the original release. Yes, that is yeah. an addition. Sue, what it was, was, it, was in that in an episode that happened previously? Uh, or was it just no, implied no. to have happened previously? It was an implied thing from the in the original release of this. It was implied that they were banging, but it was never explicitly it, made. It was clear. explicitly said. It was never shown because, like, the uh, producers got fined heavily for for saying two characters had or two teenagers had sex in a time slot where that was not supposed to happen. But it, it hasn't been shown before. That's a uh, new animation for this bit. But yeah, we get to see all the good times they had, all the sexy times, and all the awkward times. Because Kira can only think of this girl that he broke up with super awkwardly now, and then ran off, and literally died. Only, you know, maybe not so much. And Flaccus is trying to deal with him, but clearly does not know what to say, because what do you say? And also, he's got to deal with the existential problem of, uh, am I human or am I dancer? <laughs> <laughs> Kira uh, is like, no, I'll be fine. I'm a tough guy. I promised Flay I would never cry. Also, Mirielia gets to talk to Diarca because we got to ship them, right? Well, I mean, it also kind of makes sense. But uh, Lacus, speaking of being mother, is like, hey, no, it's okay. You got you to gotta get this out. It's okay to cry sometimes. And like, you clearly cannot deal with these emotions if you don't get them out. Also, trust me, I'm a pop idol. I'm all about expressing emotions, yo. My charisma score is very high, so is my emotional <laughs> intelligence. I, I am the she therapist a, that the Evangelion kids need. She's, a, she's got a very high diplomacy skill. And then there's a very cute scene of her dragging uh, Kira onto her lap so he can cry. That will be in my dreams forever. Oh, grow the <laughs> hell up, dude. No, he's working on it. Yeah, exactly. He's got to work through this. He, he made some, he, he grew convictions. Yeah. And, and now, now he's... Now, now he's realizing what a shitty person he used to be, and he's got to deal with that. And also, he's realizing what a shitty person he was potentially genetically modified to be. I don't know. I'm not really sure. That wouldn't be a huge revelation for me, but... No, but I guess it is an origin problem. Like, it's the same thing as finding out, basically, that you're adopted, right? Yeah, I guess. Which is an experience I've had. But, like, you were adopted. Also, a computer was your parents? (laughs) 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 I got funnier the more I thought (laughs) about it. 
Uh, and then Lacus tells Kira that sh- he has too many sad dreams. Yeah, he'll be fine in 20 minutes. Also, we get a nice shot of all three flagships flying through space slowly, set to the sounds of Kira's sobs. <laughs> I wish that had more screen time. It annoys me that it doesn't. What, the inside of the Hanner Bay? No, the, uh, no, the there's, mobile suit there. There's a shot of the uh, engineer looking at a mobile suit in the hangar that doesn't get nearly enough screen time. Oh, is it the pink one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. So anyway, uh, the third uh, ending song is playing, which doesn't really play in the HD version, so it's this nice extra bonus. As we get a like, slow pan of all the characters, Izak is looking conflicted. Atherin is trying to support Kigali as she stares at her picture. Uh, Maru and Mu are being cute. Erica is looking at her cool new mobile suit she built. <laughs> or Athens like, man, why is everyone crying? And Kigali gets to lean on him instead of just being forced physical touch upon her. <laughs> or tackling him. And then we get the ending credits and the song plays through them. But that's not all. Yeah. There is a post credit scene on this episode, which is the last like bit of Gundam Seed I ever saw because I didn't know it was there. I don't think it played on the original Cartoon Network run. I might be wrong. Didn't you not, even if it was, would... Didn't you not see it because it was uh, the time slot moved? No, I recorded on VHS at this point. Oh, okay. I missed a couple episodes while I was trying to figure out where it moved to, but at this point I was watching it again. My VHS might have cut it off, or I might not have bothered to go through the credits. Oh, man, I almost got it. I was going to pause it right as it scrolled past Toll's head. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see if you could? Just because it would be amusing, mostly. You need to get out more. I love that it's something that Gundam can do where they show what would be horrifying positions to show human bodies in, but with mobile suits. It's fine. They're just robots. <laughs> All right. So then we cut back from the end credits. We get a chart of the, the ships hiding into the asteroids. And uh, now Kira and Lacus are looking at the uh, photo. And uh, she's like, yeah, at least your mom was cute. <laughs> and Kira's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't even know what I am anymore. And while he's talking, you get everybody else who <laughs> seems to be having a pretty good time talking to everyone no, else. Moves yeah. out of his sling. Yeah, everyone else is, like, smiling and talking to each Moo, other. Moo, Maru, so. and Waltfeld are all talking over the tactical map. It actually kind of looks to me like Moo is telling some kind of amusing anecdote. It's like, oh, this tactical map reminds me of this one time. I had way too much to drink, and then they well, put me in a core fighter anyway. Because it looks like that. Man, that was a day. It, it looks like, like, not necessarily that he's gesturing to the map, but, like, he's just gesturing to emphasize a point in the story he's telling. Yeah, in contrast to Kira being very sad and Lack is trying to help. And, you know, Kira has the thing all teenagers think, which maybe I shouldn't have even been born. And then Lacus gets to be emotionally vulnerable for a minute, which she almost never is, while she's, like, awkwardly petting the ring her mom gave her. Where she was like, yeah, no, my mom was, like, all about how everything was going to be all right. So, as you know, basically this is a very Japanese saying where she's basically like, if where there's life, there's hope. It doesn't translate very well, unfortunately. But she tells Kira the important thing, which is because she met him, she's happy, which will make any boy get over his weird teenage funk, at least in my experience. And then she does the exact same thing that Kigali did. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, Atherin has been the aggressive one with Kigali, whereas Kira's the one who needs someone to be aggressive with him. And yeah, they pull together. And Lacus took her jacket off, so I thought they might have had sex here. But <laughs> no, and she just took her jacket off. She didn't change clothes. And as I will talk about in Destiny, Kira clearly is scared of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, he just gives someone a key to his giant robot and makes it and locks it up, and it's fine. All right, so that is episode 44, A Place for the Soul. It's actually, like I said, one I really like. I really like how desperate Kira gets and how clearly... 
over his head he is. There's lots to talk about. He's this invincible Jesus character, and for good reason. But it's real nice here going in the finale to give him this real vulnerable moment where he makes a mistake and fails in his objective. So there's more tension going into the finale. I love the Azrael bits where he is just having the time of his life. And I also really like uh, Kiro having to work through this and how supportive Lacus is. And also Atherin being the cool, good wingman. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> timing, come on. No, we have... <laughs> it almost seems like a waste because a lot of these shots are just so short, but there are a lot of really nicely animated shots in this episode. There's a lot of emotion packed into like little scenes. Like you were talking about how soft Natarl is in that one scene, the bit where Izak and Diarka confront each other and also Atherin and Diarka saluting the ship. And a lot of it is because they're stills that are slowly panned over. So you only need one iconic image, but that's good enough because the images are so good. They convey the meaning. I love the saluting thing, especially when it's reciprocated by Addis on the bridge. Yeah, no, that's a great scene. Everything like there were a lot of really good moments in this episode. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And it's setting up what is the finale. Basically, from here on where it's one continuous bit and everyone dies. Yes. And except Raul Crusade, who laughs into the night. And then he becomes the third Joker. <laughs> nah, he just vaders out. Just goes spinning off just, into space somewhere. He no! Jumped. I was going to say, oh, I thought you threw Patrick Zala down a tube. And Ben's <laughs> like, uh, no, new Mula Flaga, take off my mask so I can see you with no. my own eyes. <laughs> nah, it, it's a New Hope style. Goes just spinning off into the into space. Eventually, he may crash into another Gundam series. All right. So I really, really like this one. So do we have high points, Tyler? Um, I think mine is actually Natoro being good mom, because I've always had a really soft spot for her throughout this entire series, and she doesn't get to do a whole lot of emoting throughout the series. I like it. Zach? The loss of the Versalius. The way they uh, animated Atherin, Diarca, and Addis in that shot, and how they actually conveyed that loss and it was a pretty well-drawn explosion i think it's fantastic for me it's really the whole ending between kira and lackis and i was going to say the bit where atherin pulls kigali out (laughs) but i think what it actually is is that shot of flay superimposed over lackis and like kira's clear like guilty feels about moving on from her and also this desperate need like that relationship ended badly, and it's very easy to blame Flay for it because she was in a manipulative position, but Kira didn't act well either, and he's realized it, and Kira would be, like, terribly ashamed if he did that at this point. He wouldn't do it at this point, so he feels this incredible drive to make it better, to make up for what a bad person he is, and that's so easy to empathize with. All right, low points, Tyler? Um, I think mine is actually going to have to be the crowd of reaction shots to Flay finally coming over the intercom, because a lot of people reacted to that who didn't even know her, and it felt like padding, mostly. Not that there's a lot of padding in this episode. Zach? I I know you really like them making Kira vulnerable here and making a mistake. I think it's too little too late at this point in the series. We've already seen him do way too much. So it seems like they're trying to force vulnerability onto a character they've basically made invincible. So I actually really hate that aspect of it. It doesn't feel forced to me, but... Like, he's physically very capable, but emotionally incredibly vulnerable. And I like that. All right, I have to come up with a low point now, I guess. No one one told me to, but they're all staring at me blankly, so... Well, I said my piece. I thought you were going to roll after uh, rebutting my piece. I thought you were just going to roll into yours. I wanted to give you a count to, you know, after the rebuttal, the original point gets to have a moment. But if you don't want it... It's just that thing. It's... He's emotionally vulnerable, and, and of course, but he'll be better in 20 minutes. That is definitely true. It, nothing mean, sticks. It's hey, one of the things I hate about Kira's character. 
it just comes up when it's a when the writer needs a story beat from it. It doesn't stay anywhere. I have a real trouble coming up with a low point for this episode. Yeah, Maybe because it's one of my too. favorites, like I said, and that might be why it's a favorite because so much of it just really works. Uh, everything I think of, I'm like, oh man, the freedom getting beaten up. That's great. Maybe. I guess Raul Crusade not doing anything but smiling in this. I mean, he's played his hand. He just has to watch it play out. But the fact that he just hides behind an asteroid the entire time and is like, yeah, cool. Everything's going well. My Saigu is not getting blown up. Maybe he's just shy because his new fancy mobile shoot got the shit kicked out of it. And now he's in the slightly older one. Like, not nah, stand away from that, bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to lose it. I was going to also offer up Lacus having to give Walt Felt combat advice. I thought about that, but even then, it gives Lacus something to do in the battle, so it's not the best, but I do like it ultimately. It's it, not the best. It gives her a reason workable. to be there, so yeah. which is more than Kagali ever gets. Well, really what she needs to do is to, like clearly she's a high-level bard. She needs to get on the intercom and sing inspiration songs to get her everyone that plus one AC while they're in the middle of combat. So, final thoughts? I really like this one. Like I said, I Really, really like Kira's emotional vulnerability. There's so much good combat stuff in this. And even though there's a lot of cheap animation saving stills, all of them have a power to them. So it doesn't really matter in the end that they're saving money. They may have even spent more to like get their key animators to do those specific frames. Then it might have actually ended up being more expensive than actual <laughs> animation would have been. I, don't know. I also like this one pretty well. There are a lot of good emotional beats and the stills are used very nicely. I I really like the Zaft forces saluting each other as they go down with the ship. That is so good. I don't think it's terrible. I just think that <laughs> this is already on a downhill run from what it was earlier on. The later half, I've said it in the past, the later half of the Seed series, my biggest problem is that you basically just make everyone monumental dicks and uh, Saturday morning cartoon villains. Drives me insane. What about Moo? Is he a Saturday morning cartoon well, I meant villain? The two, I meant the two sides. Until he becomes Neo Roanoke. <laughs> All right. Uh. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty sure this is the last time we see the Saigu, so let's put it on the list. I can't even it's remember a shame what it, it never, like. It's a shame it never ever does anything. It does a little bit. It fights a, uh, it fights Mubafaga at one point, I think. But yeah, it's mostly just like, hey, Char had a bunch of... So yeah, the Saigu is just like a slightly better gin. It reminds me a lot of the high mobility gin, but it's got a fin on the top and some more spikes. You know, weirdly, I actually like it less than the high mobility gin. You really like that one. For... I do. I don't know why. So, we'll start there. It's worse than the high-mobility gin. I agree with you. Yeah. So, how do we think it compares to the standard gin, which is the other mobile suit, it looks like? I like it more than the standard gin, personally, with the wings and such. Yeah, but... I guess a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. It's slightly better than the regular gin. So, how do we think it fares against its replacement, the Gwazi? The Gwazi has that cool claw, and I'm into that, that claw. That is true. I really like the Gwazi, but it, neither of them ever really get to do anything. That is true. So, just purely aesthetically, which one looks cooler? I'd have to go with the Gwazi. I think I'd have to go with the Claude Gwazi. Yeah. Okay. So how does it fare against a suit you would think it would fight more, the Strike Dagger? <laughs> I tend to prefer the uh, Federation-esque mobile suits to the Xeon-esque ones, so I think I would go with the Strike Dagger. I actually think I really like the Strike Dagger more than you guys do. Well, that's two already. I was going to go the other way, but... All right, so what about the Raider Gundam? I actually think I would prefer a Gundam to this thing, too, even one that's uh, the bottom Gundam on our list. I really don't like the Raider. So I'd probably prefer the uh, the Sago. I know they're both kind of bland to me, and I like the Raider's color palette better. So I, Yeah, I'm in favor of the Raider. Okay, so is it better or worse than the Baku? Final question. I don't like the Baku, so I'm going to say better. <laughs> I really like Zach and I both like the Baku a lot. I really <laughs> like the Baku. So I'd, I'd say the Baku is better. You agree, Tyler? 
Yeah, also it's purple. Okay, so Sasagi will go at number 21, above the Jin and below the Baku. All right. So anything else we want to say about this one, or are we about ready to wrap up? It's shorter than I expected because I like this episode so much, but I, mean, I guess it came out to an hour. Never mind. I mean, I, <laughs> I knock on a lot of these, but I, I do want to reinforce, I actually do really like this series. So, I mean, it's still very much worth watching. It's still very good. I just have certain problems with characterization in it. So join us next time for episode 45 when we start the end game with The Nightmare Reborn, where we get to see the meteors. Yay. And nuclear missiles are shipped up to space. Yeah, well, how do you think it was going to happen? Exactly. I was expect There has not been a colony drop in this series. I'm very disappointed. Oh, we'll get to Destiny. <laughs> Don't worry. All right, so see you next time, guys. Bye. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.